Amen. What a blessing to be here. Family Life Church, thank you so much, Pastor Todd and, and Tanya, for, for having me. And thank you so much for, for, for inviting and looking after Renee when she was here about a year ago. She told me what a tremendous, what a powerful, what a, what a great church this is. Wasn't it great, the worship today? Wow. I just feel like wow, up there with the Lord, it's just awesome. It's great. And, and your drummer, man, he's really awesome. <laughs> great. Hey, uh, uh, my name's Philip. Uh, my wife was here with you guys. Also, there, there was a, a great friend of mine is a, is a member here of the church. I don't know if he's here. He was here in the earlier service. Mike, how many of you know Mike and Kim Corville? They were, they, you know, they're awesome people, great friends of mine. They were, they worked with us for a few years down in Brazil. They've been back here for about 10 years, but they worked with us. In fact, Daniel, Daniel is Brazilian, his, their, their son. And, uh, Mike, uh, was a campus pastor of ours in one of our campuses in Rio and also worked in a lot of other areas. And, uh, he has the gift of tongues. Now, the gift of tongues that speaks other languages, you know, languages that people understand. And so he speaks Portuguese. I, che- I, you know, I spoke to him a little bit before the service, and it's been 10 years. He still speaks Portuguese. He speaks Creole from Haiti. I think he speaks a bit of French, and he even speaks a bit of English. He's a great, great friend of mine, great friend of mine. So he, he's here. Um, and in, in Brazil, I work as a part of, part of, uh, a part of Pastor Larry's group of leaders around the world, and my area is Brazil. And so when I went to Brazil, back to Brazil about 17, about 18 years ago, he told me, just go ahead and plant churches. I said, yes, sir, you know. And, uh, and, and, and you know what I found out is that real missions to me, we do a lot of things in missions, but real missions begins fr- and, and moves out of the local church. And so our church uh, uh, and so we, we planted about 500 churches across Brazil, churches with lots of other people. And those churches are reaching hundreds of thousands of people across Brazil. So about 500 churches. Many of those churches have 750 or 1,000 people in them now. It's been several years now. So it's really awesome. Really awesome. So, so I count on you praying for us. And then more, more recently, uh, the Lord put on our heart that, that we, we should do something for the poor of Rio. Specific, of course, we've been handing out food for, for years, for, since we, we began, we've been blessing them. But the Lord put on my heart to start a dream center in, in Rio. And any of you heard of the dream center? It's a dream center in Los Angeles. So we, we connected with them and, and, uh, we, uh, looked for a piece of land, really a miracle. And we wanted a little piece of land in a poor area where we could help serve the poor, poor people. And then a friend of mine from LSU, when I, I studied at LSU here, and a friend of mine from LSU called me up and said, she read my newsletter and she said, I know just the spot. And I said, what spot? She said, my parents live in Rio and they're selling a piece of land in the heart of Rio. And I said, okay, well, let me take a look at it. It was much bigger. It, you know, in Rio, we buy land by the square foot. And so I know here in, in Louisiana, you buy it by the acre. But uh, in Brazil, you, you buy, you know, little square foot. So everybody lives in little houses, one on top of the other in apartment buildings. So land is very expensive. And uh, so we fa- she showed me this land, 6.8 acres in the heart of Rio, which is crazy. It's crazy. Nobody has that. You know, that's like malls and that kind of stuff. Churches don't have that in Brazil. And so, uh, so I offered her, you know, something ridiculous. And she said that she laughed at me and I laughed back. And then we went back and forth. And so we finally settled on the price, uh, which was, uh, you know, something that's ridiculously expensive, about a million dollars. 
just under a million dollars, $750,000. And, uh, and I said, we agreed to it. And then I said, now we're going to talk about the payment plan. <laughs> and so we went through and so we had some money. Our church had some money and, and I had, uh, I, and the Lord dropped in my heart just the faith to be able to raise the rest of the money. And, and I had 40 days to find $300,000. And I know you guys are a massive American church, but we're down there with Brazilians. And so it was, it was a huge faith, but I, I knew it was going to happen. Everyone thought I was crazy. And in 40, in, in 40 days, managed to, to get all the money from Brazil and, and from, and from friends here in the States. So, I, so it's amazing what God can do. Amen. God can do great things. And in fact, what I wanted to talk to you about is a little bit about, uh, sometimes we go through difficult times in our lives. Anyone been through a difficult time? Anyone believe that you're never going to go through another difficult time? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I went through a difficult time. You heard about it with, with my wife. In fact, I brought a book here. You, you probably saw it last time she was here, but this book is really changing people's lives. It's, it's, it talks about a healing. I encourage you to get it out there. Uh, a powerful book, but I went through a difficult time. My wife was running around, running on the beach, uh, doing exercise. You know, she's, she's the fit one in the family. And, uh, so she was running. And as she was running on the beach, like she does always, uh, a homeless guy uh, who had a fence post, he was vandalizing a kiosk there selling, you know, drinks on the, on the beach. And he was just vandalizing. It hadn't opened yet, destroying it. And then she started coming down the path. He started going the other direction. As they crossed, you know, just full of the devil, he picked up, he got that fence post and swung it as hard as he could and hit the back of a head, bam lights out immediately in an instant coma and uh, uh just and then started continued hitting him until other people her until other people came and stopped him and they pulled him off of her and 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 police arrived and arrested him the ambulance came quickly they took her to the hospital which all of that are crazy miracles that the ambulance would come she had no insurance cards she got t- taken to the charity hospital there. And at the charity hospital, there were a group of student doctors, student doctors, you know, and they said, I know what we need to do. We need to saw her head right off. And they cut off half of the, half of her skull and they pulled out bits of bone and brain from her. And, uh, and, and then the, she, she was really bad off. I mean, like, you know, basically someone that's dead, put in the microwave, warmed up a little bit. And that's how she was really bad. And, uh, and so she, uh, then they, you know, went through some surgeries. She survived. And that was a bad day for me. I got a phone call on a Friday. I was preparing a sermon. I was at home up in third heaven, you know. And I got a phone call. And they said, listen, you need to come to the hospital. And, I, you know, I, I didn't believe them. You know why I didn't believe them? Because everything always works out for me. I said, no, everything works out for me. But they said, no, I think it's, it's a lady that's running on the beach. She drives a red car, licensed the car is licensed to light to the nation's church. Do you know anyone like that? I said, yeah, I think I have an idea who it might be. And it was Renee, and it was, it was, a, bad, it was a bad deal. And, uh, and I went through two years. She went through six brain surgeries. She uh, came out, went two years of recovery, couldn't even walk, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't. You know, you saw the video if you were here last time she was here. It, it, was, a, it was a crazy thing. But let me tell you something. Everyone goes through difficult times in their lives. I pray that you don't go through that difficult time, but, but difficult times happen in our lives. Let me show you this verse. It's a really amazing verse 
because it helps us get a perspective of how God wants to use these difficult times. It's in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Now, what, what, what does that verse actually say? That verse says that if you are going through a difficult time or, or an evil day, a bad day, there is great opportunity in that bad day if, if you allow yourself to be pulled through and, and to make the most of every opportunity. You know what? I think a lot of people live their lives trying to run away from every difficulty and there's something, a problem occurs and they try and run away from it. And you know what? God, God isn't able to do what he wants because of that with Renee. The uh, news media, because she was an American running on the beach right before the, the Olympics, the, uh, uh, the news media got it and put news all over Brazil, all over Brazil. We made a little video. More than 12 million people saw that video in the first week. 12 million people. Imagine if you put a, a, vi- a video on YouTube, 12 million people saw it immediately. And people start, and, they, and the news media, several companies... Uh, came to our church and, rec- and did services live from our church. Our church started filling up. We had to add new campuses. Amazing what God did because we decided to go through an evil day correctly. So, and, and that is the key aspect. So everyone goes through difficult times. Everyone comes through difficult times. But, but I, I think that the key to going through a difficult time correctly is really one of two things. A- everybody here is either a why person or a how person? You're, everyone is either, either a why person. Why person says, why did God allow me to go through this? That's a why person. Why am I going through this? That's an interesting question. It's an interesting question. But the why question always focuses on the past. Why? Why, God? Why am I going through this? The how person says, how am I going to get out of this? <laughs> that, I'm a how person. You're a, oh, how am I going to get out of this? The why focuses on the past. The how focuses on the future. And let me tell you something. This, if you remember anything from my message, this point right now is, is the most critical. That faith always has to do with the future. That's, if you catch anything, catch that. Because faith has, if you want to please God, you have to do it through faith. And faith has to do with the future. How has to do with the future. Why has to do with the past. Let me show you a couple of examples. Great, great examples here. Uh, the parable of the talents. Ever heard of that? It's one of the very famous parables Jesus talked about. Three servants. Uh, two of them were focused on the how. How am I going to get this talent and multiply it? One of them was focused on the why. Out of the three servants, uh, one of them is the only one that says he claimed to know the master. The other two don't even claim to know the master. They receive the talent focused on the how, but only one. And look at the things that he said. Uh, he said, uh, he said, I knew past. I knew you were a severe man. Uh, then he says, I knew you were a hard man. And then he says, I knew past. Everything is past. I knew you reaped where you did not sow. And then he says, I, I, basically he's saying, I know the master's motives. I know why he does all these things. I know, I've, I've figured this out. I've studied. I'm, I'm deep. I know him. I know the master. I know this. The other, the other two 
servants just focused on the how. You know, how am I going to multiply this? Two of them that focused on the how multiplied. In fact, they doubled what God had given them. The one that focused on the past didn't multiply anything. And the end of the story, he got taken to a place, you know, that Jesus described as where there was weeping, it's not good, and gnashing of teeth. I don't know, you can figure out where that is, but it's, it's nowhere I want to go. It no, it, it's, it's not a good place. So focusing on the why, it just makes us religious. It makes us, you know, when Renee went through these, these, these things, this guy, uh, pastor from Rio, a whole bunch of people started calling me, but this pastor called me up and said, in the first week, she's in a coma. She's got a breathing tube in. She's, you know, just really bad off. And this pastor called me up and he said, uh, I figured out, uh, why this happened. I said, you did? He said, yeah, I've, I've, I've figured it out. I said, oh, okay. And he said, God told me, God revealed to me that he had told Renee not to go running that morning and she disobeyed. I said, well, thank you. Thank you so much for that. Very kind of you to share that with me. Goodbye. <laughs> Because some people's theology feel like they need to know why to everything. Let me tell you something. We serve a a huge God. I I don't, you know, some people say when we get to heaven, we'll know why. I don't even know. And I don't need to know why to everything. I know I know that God loves me. There's certain things that I know absolutely, and there are a whole bunch of other things I don't know. And I've decided to serve God no matter how, no matter what, I'm, what no matter what. Another example is a great example of the, of the how and the why, the two, two sons in the prodigal son uh, parable. You know, this parable is probably the most told and repeated parable that Jesus ever told. Prodigal son, there's a master, a father, and there are two sons, older son and younger son. Look at, look at, look at the older son. The older son, this is, he focused on the why, on the past. And he says, uh, he said, all these years I worked past, I worked for you like a slave, and you never gave me past, even a small goat. Uh, to celebrate with my friends. The father's probably thinking, I didn't think you ever had any friends. But, and then he goes on, this son of yours passed, squandered, passed, everything on prostitutes, passed, passed, passed. Let me tell you something. Sometimes we, we, we're tempted to focus and live on the past and only focus on the past. Let me tell you something. If you want to please God, the past never has to do with faith. The future has to do with faith. Look at that. this other son. This son that focused on the past did everything kind of right, but he didn't please the father. The younger son did everything wrong, but he seemed to please the father. Look what the younger son said. I will arise, talking about future, right? I will go to my father's house, future. Then he says, I will say to him, future, I will repent, future. I will get my life right, future. Let me tell you, how many of you guys want to please God? That begins by focusing on the future, the past, the why. You can't change that, you know. Maybe there's some benefit to that, but basically it's not going to give you any spiritual benefit because the spiritual benefit comes focusing on how I'm going to get through this. What is the future? How am I going to get out of this? So I want to go through just three little 
little things that helped me when I was going through a difficult time, helped me to stay in the how. How am I going to get out of this mess? How am I going to move forward in this situation? How? Three three little things. This is the, the verse that kind of helped me is here in 1 Corinthians 13. It's the love chapter. You guys have heard it over and over at every wedding you ever go to. And, and uh, it says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So we see that love is the greatest. Then you have faith and hope. I don't know which is number two and number three. Maybe they're tied or, you know, but, but they're, they're important. They're, they're, they're there. And those three words help me stick and stay in the, in the how in everything I did. The first, the first word is faith. Now let me tell you something about faith. Faith to me has to do with being honest. You cannot have faith if you're not honest. And, and a lot of people try and conjure up faith, I think, by not being honest. And so they end up saying things they don't believe and they end up think, and they end up, they, basically, I've, I've seen people like this. And they think faith is going to come out by forcing it out. Faith is a gift. Faith is a gift. The, read Ephesians chapter two. You'll see that faith, that God gives faith. Faith is a gift given to us. Now it's a gift that's, that's also like a seed, which you can, which you can see grow. In other words, the more you use it, the more it'll grow. It's a seed. But it, is, but you, but a lot of times we have a situation. We, we say, I don't, I don't know, you know, like that guy that uh, told Jesus, you know, I, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. Any, anyone ever been there? Let me tell you something. Being honest about your circumstance is, is absolutely key. Being honest to yourself. I'm not talking about, you know, saying bad things. I'm just talking about being honest about where you are. God knows that. He's able to touch you. He's able to give you faith and, and he's able to, to move in your life. So faith is a, is a, look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Three guys. Look at this. They, they, they said, they, they told, uh, they told the king, this is in Daniel chapter three. They told the king, basically they said, uh, I know that God can deliver me. But even if he doesn't, we ain't bowing down to you. Now that doesn't sound like faith, right? But to me, they're the greatest example of faith. To me, that story is, is faith. What were they sure about? They were certain. Faith is being certain. It's certainty. They were sure that God was good. They were sure that God was on their side. They were sure that God wanted to, could do amazing things. They just didn't know exactly what he was going to do, but they knew that he, they were in his arms, right? And they weren't, they weren't sure that God was going to deliver him from them from the furnace. They, 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 they said basically, I'm not, I'm not, even if God doesn't deliver me, we're not bowing down to you. Basically, they're saying, listen, we are sure about God's goodness. We don't know if he's going to deliver us from the fire, but I hope he does. <laughs> so there, there, there's value, there's value to hope. And so uh, to me, that's what love is. That's what, what love really is. And there, there, there are a couple of villains to love. I mean, to, 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 to faith that can steal your faith. And let me just share these with you. They, they kind of help me. One of the things that steals our faith is when we focus on the past. When we focus on the past, our faith gets sapped out of our lives. It gets, it gets, and, and so, but sometimes focusing on the past, we don't realize what that is. Let me give you an example. 
Some, I've, I've heard people say, maybe some of you, the worship songs we used to sing were the most anointed ones. Let me tell you something. They were great worship, anointed worship songs that we used to sing. The ones we still sing, we remember. But, but the best worship songs are the ones that are still being invented up in heaven and sent down here to earth. Amen? Or, or sometimes we say, oh, I used to like the way the retreats we used to do when I was youth. Yeah, great. But the greatest retreats are in the future. Let me tell you something. Didn't Jesus say greater works? You will do even greater works than I did. Let me tell you something. The greatest things are yet to come. The most amazing things are yet to come. So when we focus on the past, it just kind of sucks our faith and points our eyes in the wrong direction. Let me tell you something. You want to please God? You want to have a life filled with faith? Look to the future and expect the best. Another another way of looking to the past that people do is, "Ah, nothing ever works out for me. And it never will. They project their past problems up to the future and they kind of project it and they constantly live in a faith-sapped life. It is sad. It's sad. Let me tell you something. God has great things for you and he's even greater things in the future. And so that that is key. The second, amen, thank you for that one person clapping. It's great. (laughs) Second thing that saps your faith, the second thing that saps your faith and, and this is kind of tricky, it's, and I call it secularism. It's an attitude that everything has to be explained with science. Let me just tell you something. God invented science. <laughs> he invented it. And he can, do, he can do things through doctors. And really, I'm very thankful for the doctors that operated on Renee. They, they were very aggressive, took off her, her, her skull, did both sides. Uh, they were student doctors. But I think because they didn't know who she was, they just were very aggressive, and it was the right thing to do. God moved through the, through through their lives and through their hands. I'm very thankful. I'm an engineer. I'm thankful. I, I believe in all that. Let me tell you something. If everything has to be explained by science, that saps your faith. It saps your faith. You know, just kind of choose to believe God. Choose to believe the things that He has. Now, the second second word in that verse, that how to get, how to live in the how, how to go, how to get through unexpected obstacles, is the word hope. Now, we hear a lot of messages on faith. I hear people talk about faith, and really, probably faith is my life message. You know, I, I I've seen God do some amazing things, just all kinds of things. In Brazil, we get all the. You know, we get the demon possessed people and we get, we get, we get it all. And, and so I, I like to live in Brazil. We're like a, in the thick of all the miracles and it's, it's great. But, uh, but one of the things we never, we don't hear many people preach about is hope. Let me tell you something about hope. Hope, like Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego, they were certain. Faith is certainty. They were certain that God could do a miracle. They hoped he would do Save them from the, the fiery furnace. And God did. You know, when, when, uh, when Renee was in the hospital, I was certain that God loved me. I was certain that he had great things for, for me. But I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if Renee was going to be healed. I wasn't sure. And to some people, that's like just terrible lack of faith. You know, she's going to die now. I wasn't sure, but I hoped. I hope, I know he can do it. I hope he will. It's just a great, great verse that talks about hope, I think, to me, is a story about Peter. Peter in Acts chapter 12, he's in the, uh, 
he's, he's in, in jail, and the king has decided to make an example of him. He's going to put him to trial, and, and, and the, the king expects to, after putting him to trial, is going to cut his head off, behead him. And so Peter's there sleeping, which is pretty amazing that you can sleep when you're in a situation like that, but he's there sleeping, and it's even more amazing. The Bible says he's sleeping between two guards, and there's 16 guards looking after him, and that one on either side, and he's got shackles on his arms. An angel comes in, taps him on the shoulder, and says, wake up. And so he wakes up, and his shackles are removed, kind of like the movies, you know, ching-ching, automatically removed. And, uh, and, and the, the angel says, you know, get dressed. And he starts walking out, and as he's walking, you know, the gates open by themselves. It's, you know, it's, it must have been an amazing thing for Peter. I remember the first time I saw a, a, a door open by, by itself back when the beginning of those electronic doors that you come, there was used to be a little pad. Now it's an infrared thing, but you step on it and the doors would open. You remember that in the grocery stores and things? Just some, I remember I step on it and don't step on it and turn. So I, 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 did you do that too? And, and so this, uh, Peter saw it open, but look at this verse. That, that, that it says in, in Acts 12, 9, it says, but Peter followed him out of the prison, followed the angel, but he had no idea what the angel, that what the angel was doing was really happening. In other words, Peter wasn't sure. He didn't have a certainty. He didn't have faith, but he hoped, he hoped, he hoped that he was being delivered but he wasn't sure. He thought maybe it was dreaming. He thought it was maybe a vision. Let me tell you something about hope. Hope is something that everyone needs to live in all the time, in every circumstance, good or bad. Hope is, is, is like a swimming pool that you dive into and you bathe or baste. You baste everything in your life with hope. Everything in your life, you based it thinking, wow, it's, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I hope it's going to be great. I hope it's going to be great. And, and, and you just based everything with this sense of, I just hope it's going to work out. And, and so, yeah, uh, there are a couple of villains to hope too, things that sap hope from, from your life or sap hope. The first thing that saps hope is, is, uh, negative people. Anyone? ever uh, ever seen a negative person? Let me tell you something. I don't believe negative people can sap faith because a faith, at least in me, a faith is a certainty. And when people say, tell me things, you know, Renee's going to die, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't feel that, I, don't, I don't feel that faith is so fragile that it can be sapped. But hope can be sapped because hope is an environment that, you know, I, I hope everything works out. Yeah, hope is is not a bad thing. Hope is either you know hope is either second or third in the things that remain. Faith, hope, and love remain. The greatest is love. Faith and hope are right up in there, neck and neck. And 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 hope. Those negative. There was a study that was just done this week up in NYU in in New York. And uh, this lady, psychologist, she got a group of people and and put electroencephalograms on their heads and saw their brain waves. And then she brought them all together. And uh, when they all came together, an amazing things happened. All the brain waves in the three different people began to sync up. Uh, And so the the emotions began to sync up, the things they were thinking about. And it's really pretty amazing. They began to fire in the same, uh, all at the same time. And, and she proved something that every parent already know, knows. Any, any parents here? So when, every parent has told your kids, 
Don't hang out with that group of people. Ever said that to your kids? Don't hang out with him because he is got a, a bad influence. Well, this, this uh, just proved scientifically that you're right. Some people are bad influence, and some people can be a good influence also. So hope is something that can be built by hanging out with the right people. It builds, yes, I, I, it's going to work out. Things are going to be better. The future is better. Greater things God has for me. The best is yet to come. It's an attitude that we need to allow to permeate our whole life. The second thing that saps hope from our lives, second thing, is uh, rejection. Uh, rejection... Uh, Pastor Larry always says, rejection breeds rejection. I, this, a couple of weeks ago at the Dream Center, I was there, and, uh, and a lady walked in, and she had a baby in her, in her, in her arms, and it was just pitifully sad. Uh, she, she was the grandmother, and she, she said that, that this baby that was her grandson had cancer. And, and I looked at him, and it was sad. And she showed me he had a spinal tap and uh, just really, really, he was looking not well. And she said, you know, I don't even have formula to give him. I said, well, we'll, we'll get you that immediately. I sent somebody. We bought some formula and gave it to her. And, and, uh, and, so she, and I said, and not only that, but, you know, you can come back here uh, every week and we'll give you more formula every, every week for him. And she said, okay. And she left. And uh, then the next day she came back. You know, we said every week, but she came back the next day and we weren't prepared. But So we went and got some more formula and bought her some more formula. And then she came back the next day and, uh, and, and we gave, and with that time we were prepared. We had two cans, uh, which is a can of, you, in Brazil, you mix it with water and it, it goes quite a ways, you know, a, a can. And, and, but she said, two? All you've given me is two? At the Catholic Church, they give me five. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, 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 and she said, that's the problem with you guys. You are so cheap. You, you don't. And, and, and it kind of shocked our director there. I wasn't there at that time. It shocked our director. But she, she's, you know, well-trained. And she, she's, she was just kind and saying, okay, we'll get you, we'll get you another three, you know. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but the interesting thing is, People that have been rejected are certain. What is their certainty? That everyone's going to reject them. And they, can't, and they project that into the future. And they are going to force everyone to reject them. Then, 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 then when, when our, our director were to say to her, no, oh, well, then, then we're not going to give you anything. Then she says, see? See? I knew it. I knew it. Let me tell you something. That kind of attitude saps. It saps. Hope from our lives. Now, you know, a lot of people, maybe everybody, has been rejected. Maybe some of you have been rejected. And, uh, and, and take a look at that because God wants you to be free from that. Because really, it's impossible to live in a life of hope, in an environment of hope, if you have that, that projection of re future rejection. It, it just saps it down. It saps all the hope out of, out of the situation. God has great things for you, amazing things for you, amazing things. The past is not a prediction of your future. 
It isn't. You know, when we go and, and we want to invest in stocks, we look at the past of the stock to tell us how the future is. That's great for stocks. But for our lives, thank God, thank God, the future is going to be different and better than the past. Amen? The future is amazing. It really is. So, in fact, that, that's this book that I wrote. It's also out there. Restart is all about that. It's it's the future that God has for us. I mean, it's just a, a, an exciting time. And so, the third the third word that helps us go through difficult times is is the word love. Now, love, uh, it, the Bible says, is is the is the greatest out of those three. Love is the the key thing about love. It is the motivation for all other things in our lives. The Bible says that God is love. And, and the key thing about love is that love always has to do with others. There, the, there would be no meaning to love if there were no others. Love has to do with others. It has to do with others. Uh, uh, the, the, the three things that sap, four, three things that sap love in our lives. The first thing is sin. Uh, Sin has a tendency to sap your passion. You begin, Pastor Larry, my pastor, he says that, Pastor Larry Stockstill, he says that we all have a limited amount of passion. And if we invest that passion into LSU football, by the way, they did great last night. I never get to watch LSU. Just watched the last quarter last night when I came in. It's great. But if we invest our passion in things then we, in, in some things, or invest too much in it, we have no more passion left for God. Let me tell you something. This is, this is important. God wants to give you passion for him. Love should generate in our lives a joy, a joy. When, uh, uh, when, when, I, when Renee comes into the room, I look at her and I smile. Because it's the natural reaction of being by near Renee. I smile, I get up, I give her a hug and a kiss, and I say, look, it's great to see you. I smile. But when we come into God's presence, the natural reaction should be joy. Should be, yes, I want to raise my hands, I want to love you, I want to, I want to extend my, my, my heart towards you. That is a natural reaction. Don't let that get sapped from your life. Don't let that get sapped. Second thing that saps love, is an attitude of individuality. Ever seen people that say, that, that basically they say this, it has to be done my way. Anyone that knows somebody like that? They are just so, they're so, it's got to be my way, my way it's got to be. In fact, maybe some of you are saying, you, you know, the, the key with that, the problem with that is love has to do with others. Uh, you just read that chapter, First Corinthians thirteen. Love is patient; it's kind, uh, uh, long-suffering. It, love has to do with other people. So that attitude of individualism, individuality—it's got to be my way. It saps love, and the third thing that saps love is an attitude of isolation. I just don't want to be around anyone. Well. You're not going to like heaven because there are people up there. <laughs> now, I understand sometimes we want to be alone. I understand that. But love has to do with others. I love them. I just don't want to be around them. Hmm, don't know. <laughs> now, love has to do with reaching other people. In fact, let me tell you something. The reason love is so critical is you, 
every single one of this of us here in this in this room today we haven't gone to heaven yet and the reason we haven't is because of others the reason we're still here i'd prefer to be in heaven you know i'd i'd love to be in heaven but i'm still here because of others and you're still here because of others and so love and so allow difficult times in your life for God to use you to help others. I want to pray for you guys. I want to pray because I really believe that some of you may be going through a difficult time right now. In fact, let me ask you this. If you are going through a difficult moment in your life right now, maybe it's an unexpected obstacle. Maybe it's not exactly what I went through with Renee, but, you, but, but you're going through a difficult time right now and you say you would say, I will allow God to use this time in my life to do amazing things, to create great opportunities. You know, Renee, because of what she went through, is preaching all around the world, all over the world. She's preaching uh, all over Brazil. Every weekend she's preaching somewhere and helping other people. In fact, when I go somewhere, people say, oh, you're, you're Renee's husband, right? I say, yeah, that's that's me. I'm Renee's husband. You know, I was always, you know, the great Pastor Philip Murdoch. And now I feel, I, I know exactly how Joyce Meyer's husband feels. <laughs> it takes getting used to, I guarantee you. It's it, it, And so everyone wants to know about Renee. Well, I, you know, I, hey, I wrote a book too. I wrote a book t- <laughs> I want to pray for you guys. If you're going through a difficult time in your life right now, let me tell you something. God can pull you through and not just pull you through, but use it to do something great in other people's lives. If you want to take what you're going through right now and offer it to God, take everything that's bad in your life and offer it to God as an offering. Maybe you don't have the faith that he's going to do everything, but you do have the hope. I hope he will. Or maybe you do have the faith. That's great, even better. But you want to put everything in his hands and say, God, not only fix my problem, but use this as an opportunity to touch other people's lives. If that's you right now, I want to pray for you. If if you're going through that, a difficult time right now, and you say, I, I want to participate in this prayer. If that's you, raise up your hands quickly, 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 amen. So that's you, just stand up right now, right now. Just say, I believe. I, I, I don't know, but I hope. I don't know, but I hope. Or maybe you say, I know God's going to do it. Some of you guys, some of, some of you, it's healing. Some of you, it's a financial miracle. Some of you, it's something else. Some of you, it's a relationship. It's a relationship that's kind of stretching and about to break and you don't know. And God, touch it, touch it, touch it, touch it. Father, I pray, Lord, for every single person standing in this place right now. 
Lord, you know them. You know their circumstance. You are awesome, Lord. And you can touch and you can minister and you can move and you can change. Father, we hand you voluntarily, Lord. We hand you all our troubles, all our difficulties. We lay them at your feet because we know you care for us. Father, I pray right now that you would touch every circumstance. Father, every person here needing a healing move through their body right now in Jesus' name. Heal cancer. Heal everything, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Father, every person going through a difficult time financially, Father, that you would do a miracle first in our mind and on our heart. Help us learn how to be good stewards of what we do have and celebrate what you have given us, Father. And Lord, I pray that you would open the floodgates of heaven, Father, and provide supernaturally everything that we need. Father, I pray for every person. Lord, in a difficult situation, in a relationship, Father. Maybe it's the spouse, maybe it's someone at work. Father, I pray right now, Lord, that you would move, Lord God. Father, do what you need to do in our lives, Lord God. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would pour your oil, that you would bless, Lord God, that other person, Lord God, that you would restore in Jesus' name what needs to be restored. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen.